What's up, boys and girls, pals and gals? My name is Jason Payne, the host of the Sexy Business Status Podcast. I'm here with my boy, Nate Knight, owner of Knight Real Estate. That's right. Knight and Associates, baby. Knight and Associates. Yep. We're a member of ProSmart Realty is our brokerage. And then Knight and Associates is uh, my team that I run out of Queen Creek. There you go. Downtown Queen Creek. (laughs) Downtown Queen Creek. On the strip, I call it. The strip of the Queen strip Creek. The strip of Queen Creek. The OG. Where things go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, downtown Queen Creek. Uh, if, if anyone's been to the Ellsworth Brewery, it's about three doors to the south of there on the same Is side. Is that on the road. corner? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ellsworth yeah. Brewery's on the corner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we bought that place, shoot, just a little over two years ago. Remodeled it. Yeah, remodeled the entire business. thing. Yep. Dumped, yeah. Dumped a good amount of money into that. Um, but, yeah, no, we're running operations out of there and. We're uh, looking to open a satellite office in Gilbert. Nice. Old G-Town. Downtown G-Town. That's where I was born. Yep. Right. Literally, my the second house in Gilbert and Elliott, northeast corner. There's like a there's a carpet store, floor store yeah, yeah, right yeah. there. And then the set of houses called Linda Lane. Yeah. Off of Linda, the oh, yeah. second house in. Yeah. That's where I was. Yeah. When I was a baby, that's where I was taking home to. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking to expand and, you know, Gilbert's our next kind of step. I feel like we have Queen Creek pretty well taken care of. Yeah. Um, of course, we could always grow, but, you know, we're we're uh, looking to, you know, expand out a little bit more, uh, yeah. help more people. So I'm Love excited. It. I'm excited. So Nate, Nate's a hustler like I am. And uh, not the, not the. Hustler to CEO version, but the dude freaking works hard. And I follow him on social media. I love what he does with his team and and team building and just freaking going after it. So um, also in the real estate space, right? Um, and uh, uh, Blake Clark's been on here. I got Temp. Temp's been on here. So a lot of the big, in my opinion, the big, especially Southeast Valley realtors. I'm buddies with a lot of them. And I just love picking your guys' brains. And not necessarily with real estate. I mean, we, we kind of dip into that a little bit, but about culture, about hiring, about personal development. And the our listeners, most of our listeners are small business owners, um, whether they're in the contracting space or not. Um, the average small business owner uh, does less than $3 million in revenue and has less than 10 employees. Wow. And 98, 92% of them go out of business within five years. Crazy. Is that insane? It sounds like real estate. It sounds like real I estate. I don't know what the exact stat is, but you know, when someone gets their license, it's even worse. Uh, yeah, it's even worse. <laughs> but it's a doggy dog world. So, but you got to put in the work, you know. So, so let's let's run with that. How come people like you in real estate, you're thriving, you're killing, you're cranking, you have I don't say more than enough work, but you always have work and you always are kicking ass and taking names. And then uh, I follow other realtors on social media. And I've had them literally fill out job applications to come work for me. Yeah. True story. One for like drone stuff and one for pulling trailers. And I'm like, don't you do real estate? Should. And full I'm time. like, what the, the full-time freak job freak is going on? Yeah. I thought they were doing it full-time, mm-hmm. but you know, the interest rates are, you know, up and down and all that bull crap. Explain why you're still in it. You're cranking it. And no matter high interest rates, low interest rates, you know, uh, you know, buyer's market, seller's market, while you're still you're still in the game and you don't play this up and down bull crap and then, you know, get cold feet and take off. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I've been in, let's see, I've been in real estate for about four and a half years now. So, mm. really, I mean, it's all relative, but, you know, not, not too long. Um, you know, prior to that, I was in law enforcement for a little over 10 years. Uh, started. Oh, thank I you got, for your service. I got into real estate because I needed to pay for childcare because I had two kids. Well, okay. one was on the way. The second was on the way. 
Sure. You know, and I was like, how do I start this business and be successful at it? I will never do anything if I know I'm not going to be successful at it. Sure. There's no other option but to succeed. Okay. So how do we do, how do we how do we do this? You know, with a full time job and then also um, you know, growing a business or trying to scale a business. Um, you know, my first year in real estate, um, after I got my license in 2018, end of 2018, um, you know, I was like, I I wanna close I wanna close twelve deals a year, you know. That that one, would, one a month. That would more than suffice my, you know, income to pay for childcare. Well, twelve turned into fifty six the first year. Fifty six In, individual transactions. Fifty six. Had a boy. So I was, I was, I was busy, and you know, ever, ever since then, it's been onward and upward. You know, so that's one a week. Essentially, I mean, essentially a, yeah. ten, a little yeah. bit more than one About a week. One, one closing a week. Yes. Yeah. On average, uh, that's fam- fantastic. One family helped a week. Dude, so. I heard somebody say uh, I was talking to an agent, and and cool part about real estate, I found this out that if you go with a mortgage person, they can figure out all your all your stats are public, and figure out like who did this many deals because like you have all you guys. You realtors are freaking stupid. I love it. You guys are <laughs> you guys are all awesome, but you're all fucking retarded at the same time. Like, and it, so I literally have to call your bullshit. There's these dudes that you oh, know yeah. roll up and they're and they're bling and they're nice cars and they're Beamer and all that stuff. And I'm like six deals, you know, eighty four million. I'm yeah. like get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And I'm like get like shut up, or what you know whatever. 20 million, whatever yeah, that number is. Yeah. I'm like get out of here. And then I see these other dudes like super humble dudes that that roll up and they're uh, I think of uh, Justin Cook. You yeah. know Justin Cook? Uh, I've heard the name, yes. So they're, he's the Remax Solutions with Dan Porter. Okay, yes. yes buddy yes, yes, buddy yes, of mine. His brother is Scott Cook. Okay. You know Scott, yep. and that's his older brother. But Justin's like super chill, super humble, uh, just a gangster at real estate. And he, dude, his numbers are stupid. Yeah. Because I go to their uh, end of the year appreciation events and stuff, and I sponsor them. So I, and they put the, all the stats. And I'm like, that dude, no way. Yeah. And then the other dude, I'm like, I thought that dude was going to be up here, and that dude is actually down here, yeah. just simply by by presence and appearance, and you know, social media and all that crap. So, your like the Ponzi scheme is like a real thing oh, with you guys. Real. Oh yeah, it's I it's it's almost it's comical, almost multi level marketing stuff. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. So so going so that was my little tangent. But so what what makes you being in there? You did fifty six. Some people have never done 56 combined in their entire real estate career, right. especially in four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what the average is, but the average home uh, agent does less than less than 10 a year, less than six it's a year. It's less than 10 a year. I don't know the exact number. I think it's like six, which is like every other month. Five or six or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so you did 56. So what would you contribute that to other than just like put my hood down? Because I know realtors that put their heads yeah. down and they're the ones asking me for jobs. Yeah. I mean... What does that look like? I mean, here, you know, having really no business background getting into real estate, I, you know, I, I flip the roles on myself. So a little reverse psychology. So, you know, I put myself, I'm like, hey, if I'm the consumer and I'm wanting to work with a real estate agent, what do I want? How do I want to be treated? How, how do I want to be talked to? You know, mm-hmm. what are the kind of marketing ideas that, you know, would kind of get my mind going? So I took the consumer approach. I put myself in, you know, the passenger seat there. And, you know, from there, I just kind of built out my business and then, uh, it from there it just it just took off you know we were talking earlier before we you know started recording but the uh, the mantra to my business is work hard and be good to people you know work hard and be good to people <laughs> work hard and be good to people work hard don't be an asshole you know it's yep. it's very simple um, but you know you you know you help you help these folks um, and I always tell them I'm not I'm probably the least salesy person in the world. Uh, because if you want to do something, I, I want you to do it. I don't want you to force your hand. Um, okay. So I, I want you. We got. We all got to be on the same page here. Sure. Um, but I, I treat my the most salesy I get is I always tell people, and this is the truth: is 
you know, once we work together, I have, you know, my immediate family, but I also have my, my work family and the, the sure. people that I work with. If you're a client, your family. Sure. You know, not only during the process, um, you're treated as such, um, but then also, you know, I know you do a lot of client appreciation events and such mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. but that's just giving the love right back. I built my business 100% off referral. No ads, no nothing. Uh, not one dime towards, you know, advertising or marketing, but that's so how you get your Before referrals. we get into that, yeah. I do have a question. I this is This is very important because... You jump into real estate. You're in law enforcement, so you really didn't know much about real estate or the process or the people. And the uh, people like you have the, the agent that goes and sells the you know shows the house and opens the the lockbox and and signs a contract and holds the the sign or the key like yay good job. There's a lot of moving parts behind that. Oh yeah, ton of paperwork. You're oh, talking yeah. about you know hundreds of thousands of dollars per transaction, sometimes millions, and there's a lot of moving pieces. So to do, to go from zero. To you know, six high five. You can literally do all your paperwork by yourself because you're getting a paycheck every two months. I could never do real estate. Getting a check every two months, like <laughs> that's that would make me barf. I mean, even if they're good paychecks, I'm yeah. like, dude, no yeah. freaking way. Um, but like fifty six, you want to give me one a week? No, we're talking. No, we're bad. talking. Yeah, bad. So to do fifty six though, quickly you had to realize, holy shit, I have a lot of work. I have a lot of momentum. But I'm maxed out. I call it the spaghetti plate, right? Yeah. You're, you're you can only put or YCs if you're in Gilbert, right? So YCs you can only stack. Yeah. YCs. Yeah, yeah. You can I only you can only stack it so yeah. high, and then eventually, even if you're the dude that pounds and yeah. does all that weird shit, but even with the spaghetti plate, you're naturally the the spaghetti is going to eventually oh, yeah. fall off. Yeah. And so, at what point did your plate get so full working by yourself? You're like, I need help. Ah. Uh, and that that the word is called hiring. It's a four letter word. It's a great. It's my favorite four letter word apparently is the word hire yeah. when was your first hire and why and at what point were you like i have to hire or else probably about a year year and a half in uh, i was like holy crap i need a transaction coordinator tc tc you yep. know because i mean not only i mean it was 56 transactions my first year in real estate a lot yeah it was uh, but it was so many different changes um you know aside from working another full-time job mm-hmm. plus you know being having to go call outs in the middle of the night, you know, whatever happened. Totally. I had to go take care of it. So I would say about a year and a half in and you know what? And to be, you know, fully transparent and hopefully this helps someone else. I'm, I have such an addictive personality and my addiction to success was like, that was, that was all, you know? So sure. You know, there's a, you know, we set our priorities and, you know, I would say the first year I, all I did was work, you know, what's, what's life, you know, it's, well, at then it was just work. That's, that's all we do was work. Yeah, there's no other option. Family kind of, you know, <laughs> Didn't spend as much time with them, and I know we have to make sacrifices, and we still and we still do, you know, in sure. many business practices. But you know, from there, that was one. Uh, at that time, was when I was like, I need people. I you know, like, to I don't want, to I don't want to be divorced. <laughs> I want it. You had one kid or two kids? <laughs> two girls. Yeah, two girls. You want to see your kids more yep. than you know once for for thirty minutes once a day? Yep. If that sometimes. Yep. 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 So you said, okay, I got to I got to hire somebody. So yep. in real estate, a transaction coordinator. Yep. In in whatever business. It basically an assistant, for lack of better words, like dumb it down, assistant, secretary, someone to help you with all the back end shit, right? Because you're still the face, you're still the skill set is there, but there's other stuff that isn't. I call it the twenty five hundred rule. Mm-hmm. So if you're five hundred dollars an hour, forty hours a week, fifty two weeks is a million dollars. Take home, uh, gross. At twenty dollars an hour is I don't know forty one thousand six hundred or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. And so. My thing is like if I'm ever if I ever catch myself doing a twenty dollar an hour task, I need to hire and delegate, mm-hmm. or or hire or delegate. So, so you know, hire true. somebody and delegate it, or 
find somebody in in house that has that skill set or that doesn't have a full a full plate that I can delegate that mm-hmm. to, or maybe I put it on them and I throw them a couple couple more bucks, see if they want to take it on. Right. And so you did that with TC. Yep. That okay. and that was and until the pressure, the stress. How did that help? Uh, well, I mean, you know, from there, you're, you know, other stressors, you know, as grow, as anyone grows, as any business person grows in business, you're going to have other stressors, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that, that issue's taken care of, but you know, as you continue to scale and, you know, get bigger and bigger, there's going to be, you know, what's next yeah. and it's continued success. Um, so you're, you're going to want to make sure that your, you know, your systems are in place, uh, to get more on like the admin side is usually, you know, what the next step looks like as far as CRMs and, uh, record retention systems and all that just fun stuff and all that, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. So let's talk about a CRM too. So the reason why I made, I, I brought this up with being in the transaction coordinator and assistant is a lot of people listening right now, they're solopreneurs. They're like you and me, like, I'm just going to do everything by myself and just work hard, work hard. And then something's got to give either you, your spouse, your kids, your body, <laughs> your, or your job. Some, something's going to give eventually. It's not sustainable. And a lot of these guys are terrified to hire their first person. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give them if they're on the fence of like, I know I need to hire somebody, but I don't know if I can afford that 40 or 50 or $60,000 payroll. What do you, what, what advice would you give them? Just do it. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm just like, you. Know, I think what, aside from, you know, picking out what I'm best at, I also like looking at what I'm not good at. You know, what mm-hmm. are my weaknesses? My, one of my biggest weaknesses that, you know, I've looked or I've um, learned about myself is asking for help. Uh, it's not that, mm. you know, I don't want to inconvenience somebody, but I'm just so stubborn in my own ways. I'm like, whatever, that's easy. I'll just do it. Well, when you have 500 things that you just need to do it, well, that takes up, you know, five, six hours of your day where you could be, you know, taking that time and, you know, using that towards other um, business um, growing activities. So yeah. I just, I mean, everything, it, it always works out, you know, you just jump off the ledge and. You're gonna you're gonna survive. It's, we call it we call it throwing your throwing your wallet over the fence. Throw the wallet over the fence. Double, so double down. This is this story has been passed on I think seven times when we tracked it back because I found out Nick Nick told it to me or Terrence told it to me. Uh, Nick told it to Terrence James P Engel if you know James uh, Jim Engel he told it to Nick and then somebody told him anyway so it goes back to, I don't know how long but uh, there's a cowboy that had his had a hat and he's riding his horse. Uh, along a, a barbed wire fence. And he's riding it and he goes and the hat flies off and it goes across the barbed wire fence. And he's like, oh, he's like, it, it's a hat, whatever. He's like, I have 20 of them at my house. It's cowboy, right? They'll, they'll, plenty of cowboy hats. Not a problem. Same thing happens. His wallet falls out of his pocket. He's riding his horse. Wallet falls over the fence. And he's like, some bitch. And he's like, so he jumps over the, he finds a, I don't know how, but he finds a way to you know, get over that barbed wire fence where initially it was like, oh, barbed wire fence when it cut up or, you know, scratched or whatever, or, you know, ride three hours to get around to an opening or whatever. Uh, but his wallet fell over the fence. He's like, my, my money's in there. <laughs> you know, it's like my, my cards are in there. My, my life, you know, got, got a couple of bucks in there. And so it became resourceful and, and figured it out. And so that's that's the story of throwing your wallet over the fence. It's just like that. It's yeah. like, dude, you just, sometimes you got to jump. Yeah. Sean Whalen talks about that. He he did it at our conference, uh, but I've, uh, he also has his own podcast with his wife Saxony, and they, they talk about that how he um, they say you know jump and and build your wings on the way down mm-hmm. type deal. So it's funny that you're like, dude, just figure it out, man. Just mm-hmm. just go for broke, as they say, right? Just say yes well, and figure it out later. So there's, there's no reward with no risk. You know that's yeah. with anything in life, really, but especially business. 
And yeah. I mean, ever since, you know, the market started shifting, what, call it last March, April, I think was, you know, started. About a year ago. About a year ago, yeah. you know, and I felt it. And, you know, one of the things that we have to do in our business is always, you know, look at the stats, look at the data, you know, be knowledgeable in what we're actually, you know, doing in our lives. Uh, but, you know, from there, you know, a lot of agents, you know, they, you know, when, when they're not all in, they're they're getting out. And, you know, because the business is different, you know, it's it's always evolving. But, you know, when the, when the even the market was shifting, uh, th- threw the wallet over the fence, doubled down, and, you know, we're busier than we've ever been. So, And I just don't understand that because I feel, and I say this all the time, I don't know if I stole from somebody or not. If I do, I got to find out, give credit for it. But we talk about you're either, you're either, are you banking on the market or on your marketing? Marketing. Right? And that's what I think like when, when agents or it doesn't matter what business you're in, but in this situation with Nate, like when you bank on the market, when the market shifts or goes south, south for lack of better words, and you don't know how to or don't want to pivot because you just have, I could have sold, I could have sold 56 houses mm-hmm. two years ago Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, because you weren't the, the, the agent wasn't the salesman. Mm-hmm. The market was a salesman, just like monsoon mm-hmm. season for roofing. I always tell people like, dude, anybody and their mom can be a roofer. If you got a hammer and a ladder yeah. and you stand outside Home Depot, like you can make a shit ton of money yeah. <laughs> from, you know, July through September. Yeah. You just can't because yeah. of supply and demand, yeah. right? And the the crazy part that I just don't understand is that people they they bank so much on the market on their marketing, but then when things when things you know shift, the big dogs like you like it, it just yeah okay cool well this moves well there's more opportunities and there's a whole list of different ways to still be going and doing it now I, I read a stat I don't know if this is true or not but I was told or read that there's still we are still buying or selling seven thousand houses a month in Phoenix yeah. Actually, I think the number is a little bit higher. Is it? Uh, most recent stats, yeah. I yeah. can't, I can't quote it exactly, but I think it's a little higher than. But that. but give or t- even if you're off ten percent, yeah, you're still six to eight thousand homes. That's remarkable. Yes, that's seven thousand, dude. That's a lot of people. <laughs> well, and if let's say you only do one, yeah. I only want one percent of that market, uh-huh. right? That's seven. Uh-huh. We'll do that times twelve. Seven times twelve is sixty-three. You just crushed your original year. Yeah. So I'm like, it's not that houses are being bought and sold. You just suck. Yeah. Like you either don't, you either don't know how to pivot. You don't know. You're not, you aren't being resourceful, right? And using your resources or being resourceful to, to figure it out. But I just, like I said, um, uh, once again, that stat of, you know, 80, 80 something percent uh, didn't renew their license this year. Mm-hmm. Agents. Crazy. Is that true? Uh, that's what I've heard. Uh, I don't know what the source is to that, but yeah, I've, I've heard the same thing, which Isn't is that nuts? mind boggling. Nine out of ten of your of the agents didn't renew their license this year. Something like that, yeah. There was, from what I heard, was the, so at the end of the year, your you know your registration dues, your association dues, mm-hmm. your MLS dues, whatever. Right. Uh, at the end of the year, you have to pay those. It's maybe I don't know twelve, fifteen hundred bucks for that. I think believe that in the East Valley or in the Phoenix Metro, area, there's like sixty three thousand. Yeah. You know, licensed agents, and then I think, <laughs> that, I think that went down to like forty three. Are go, you serious? Going into twenty twenty. Twenty. That's what poof, I heard. Poof. So, well, and crazy. I know a lot of people that get their license and they only do it for themselves, mm-hmm. like to buy or sell themselves or maybe uh, a friend or a family member. And that's it. They're like, oh, yeah, I have my license every, every year. Just, you know, if I want to buy a rental property or I buy, you know, or buy or sell my house, I get to save that, you know, aunt, 6%. Uncle, blah, blah, yeah. Brother, sister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So it's a hobby, but they say they're a realtor and they have mm-hmm. a business card and everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, that's like saying I'm like a baseball coach yeah. I'm like yeah. so i go to a couple of games and i play catch with my son i'm a baseball yeah. coach i'm like that's not a thing yeah. well that's another thing i thought of you know getting into this business too was 
you know, how, all right, so I, I'm looking at, you know, the, you know, what's my competition? Well, obviously 63,000 or whatever the number was then, probably higher. Sure. You know, how do I set myself apart from the remaining 63,000 people? Because, sure. I mean, if I, I can go ask anybody, and I'm sure, you know, most people, they know one, two, three, four, five plus realtors. And totally. How do you, how, how are you top of mind when, you know, the time comes? And I mean, it all comes back to one thing um, and it's consistency, you know? Love that and word. that's top of mind, you know, consistency, yeah. marketing, social media, uh, client appreciation events, you know, but it's staying constant and consistent is because when you do that, they're all, it's always going to be at the, in front of mind rather than, I think Jimmy, I think Jimmy might have his license. We need to support his family. Let's call Jimmy. You know, he's our, he's our, he's our cousin. Let's, I don't he's, know why I'm he's, talking he's like my, this, he's but my, he's my nephew. Why, why do they got to have an accent like in, this? But in Creekery, you guys I, talk weird. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, yeah, you know, how, how are you top of mind? And that's consistency. And that's yeah. one thing that I thought of getting into this business is, you know, I'll, and I preach this all the time is, you know, especially in real estate or any business owner, we're our own bosses, you know, yeah. even, you know, anybody on my team or any realtor in general, we're independent contractors, like we're our own bosses. Uh, but you, 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 it's great to have that luxury of doing, being able to do whatever you want, but it's a, full-time job you show up you yeah know, i don't care what your hours are nine to five eight to four eight to five whatever i mean that's a short day for probably the both of us but, sure sure um you just got to show up man like it's it's not going to come to you you got to go find it it's it's a dog eat dog world and so let, let's talk about your your consistency let's talk about personal development so what are you uh i came into your office when i gave you tickets to MenaceCon one in yes. july yep. of last year i did and you were listening to a podcast already. You were listening. Life. Was it Ed? Yep. Or Ed or Andy, I thought it was. But yeah. So how important is that as a business owner? Because it's funny, people, our employees or our staff will come to us with a problem. Who do we go to? Ed Milet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like yeah. indirectly, we can go to Ed Milet, Andy Versella, Grant Cardone, yeah. you know, Ryan, Ryan Stuman, uh, Ryan Pineda, you know, who, whatever, right? Uh, all those dogs, Los, Los Reyes, uh, Jordan Adler, Tommy Mello, all the all the, all the greats, and the freaking funniest part about that is like, who do we go yeah. now? We don't get to directly go to them. We might be able to send them a DM just asking them a question, but like a legitimate like, hey, hop on the phone or text them like, hey, I got this problem. What do I do? Yeah. Like, unless you're paying tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to be coached by them, they're not going to even blink an eye at you. Yeah. So what, what, as a business owner, why is personal development so important? And for those that are either getting into it or right in the middle of it, why is personal development so important to you? And how many hours a day, more or less, or a week are you, are you making that a priority? I mean, it's, it's like a diet, you know, you, when, you know, the kind of food that you eat, you know, if you eat McDonald's, you know, go get a, you know. Sausage muffin, and then a double cheeseburger, and then you you know top the day off with, you know, a number eight or whatever. You know, yeah, you're sure. probably gonna look and feel like shit. You know, it's the same thing from a mental mindset too. What you listen to and what you ingest is what you're able to put back out. And you know, that's where you know the you know I love podcasts. I love Ed Milet. Um, I love a number of other folks, but that's important to me because. I mean, we all have shit days, and there's some days you just need to kick in the ass. And, yeah. you know, like, hey, that's like Andy, got Vers- this. Andy Versella. Got, oh, he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll light a fire under your ass. And, yeah. you know, some, I mean, we're, we're all human. You know, we all have sure. tough times, hard times. You know, man, I really, you know, I'd rather, you know, not go to work today, days. Um, that doesn't happen very often, but sometimes we need that 
I guess, call it an affirmation or a reminder of, you know, that's why you have who you surround yourself as who you become. You know, if you hang out with a bunch of crackheads, you're probably going to be a crackhead. But if you hang out, if you surround totally. yourself with a lot of, you know, like-minded, successful people that all your ideas align, then you're probably going to, you know, align with them and be successful as well. So and that's where I think these, I love, I love podcasts, you know, driving around or at the office, you know, you came in that one morning and yeah, it was, and it's good. I feel like it's a good, cause I'll always, you know, leave them on the TV or the speakers or whatever in the office too. And whoever else wants to listen, tune in, whatever, that's great. But that's feeding your, the people that you surround yourself with as well. Totally. Sometimes they need that as well. So let's, let's run into that. Um, why t- talk to me about teamwork and culture. How do you, how do you, you know, attract good quality talent? Cause I have people, I, especially in the contracting space, it's freaking annoying. Oh, there's no good labor and this and that. And I'm like, well, this other company is going to do 20 million in the same industry that you are. And they have plenty of five star reviews and they make a ton of money. But here you are struggling because there's no good labor. And I'm like, well, these, the technician that you want, they have 25 of them. And I'm sure they don't all suck. So how come they have 25 and you're struggling to get one or two? Yeah. Right. So, in, especially in real estate, there's 63,000 of you. And if I recall correctly, 90% of you, 10% of you do 90% of the work yep. of, the, of, the, of the total numbers. Right. Yeah. Um, why, when, when you build a team or as you're building your team, why is culture and, and, and team building so important? And what advice would you give to our audience of how to, uh, to maintain that culture and that positive working environment? Uh, that's, you know, that's an absolutely amazing question. And I would say, you know, from getting to this business and building a business in general, I would say the number one hardest thing is building a good, sustainable team um, and providing that culture and providing, a you know, high morale and everything like that. Because the absolute one thing that I have learned the most, and you've probably gone through this as well, is, uh, you know, there's the saying that goes, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You know, totally. I, I, I mean, I... I'll give you my energy. I'll give you everything. I'll give you all the tools that you need to be successful, but I can't drive around to everyone's house at five o'clock in the morning and yank them out of bed, help them shower and get to the office. Like you got to put in the work and you know, you show me a little bit of love. I'll give you the, I'll give you love 10 times back. Uh, But we were talking about energy before the show and you know, we only have so much energy that we can, you know, output, you know, every day. So you get a full tank of gas, you, you, you have to, with so much going on and, you know, especially in real estate, there's a lot of energy that you have to you give out. And, you know, it's it's picking and choosing on who gets your energy. But you show me a little bit of love, I'll give it right back to you. Um, but for the for the team, it's, you know, it's finding the right people. It's I my philosophy is um, quality over quantity. Mm. You know, so I would rather have a smaller team rather than there's some teams they're and not knocking them, but they're they like, you know, 40, 50, 60. Dozens. Sure. Tons of people, which is fine. Um, but we're more of a small little family. And like when I, if someone wants to join our team, I don't like actively go out and search. Um, if I think someone's going to be a good fit, I may reach out to them, but it's more so them reaching out to me. Um, but before I even welcome them onto the team or extend that invitation, I'll ask all the other, all the other team members, Hey, what do you think of you know, John Smith or whoever it is, you know, sure. do you think they'd be a good fit? Because I could get along with any, anybody that's sure. that, but I want, you know, their personality to mend well with everyone else's as well. And that's, I would say that's probably the number one um, thing that I've done that has been extremely beneficial for, you know, building a good culture morale with, with team mm. members. Cause we all, 
it takes one Karen to throw things off, you know. Totally. I don't want no Karen walking in the door and oh gosh, Karen's here. Yep. Gotta go. No, no, we're I want well, people to get excited. And for, female real estate agents, I I work with I don't say hundreds, probably hundreds actually at this point, but man, there's the personalities and and uh we'll we'll stop there. <laughs> That's, that can get that can get interesting real yeah. quick. So, uh, how many people do you have on your team right now? Uh, eight. You have eight. So there's myself and eight others. We have a, a TC, uh, agent success coordinator, and then uh, other agents as well. So agents, cool. Yeah, no, I think it's a good size. I mean, if we grow some more, that's fine too. If we, we're well, gonna have to if you're gonna go to Gilbert, right? You're gonna expand. Oh, okay. no, we, we will get some get some more peeps. We're growing. I love it. We're love it. There's love lots it. of fun things in the works right now. So, Nate, before I let you go, what would be your biggest takeaway for a business owner that is in the trenches trying to make it happen? They're doing the best they can, um, but they're just, they're just struggling. Or you could give them give them a pick me up, and you could put you know fifty or hundred small business owners in here. What would be the number one thing you tell them? Number one thing, I don't know. You got to be in the trenches with your people. You know, that's you lead by example. Mm. You know, so. If your folks are out hustling and bustling, doing open houses on the weekend, well, your ass is out there doing open houses too. Um, you're you're not too good for open houses, or you're not too good for really anything. But you're you're right there with your people, and you lead by example, and that's very respectable. Um, being a team lead uh, because they look up to you, mm. and you're you're an example, and you know they want to you know, be like you per se. You know right, they right. want they want the success that you know you've that you've had. So. I would say definitely lead by example um, and prioritize your time, you know, because if you don't, like we talked about, you know, the first year I was in real estate, ate me alive, spit me out. Like, did we, did I make a, a crap ton of money? Yeah, but money's not everything, man. You know, it's, it's great to have, you know, but it's, well, you have to have it. It's the necessary evil in the world. You yeah. got to have it. But, you know, it's, it's not what, you know, if, if you're all, if, all you care about is money. There's a lot of other things in life that, you know, at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It's, you know, how, you, how you've made other people feel and impacted others' lives. At least me personally, that's what matters most to me. Yeah. And my goal is to, there's a guy that is, makes stupid money. Uh, we just did his roof, like a $100,000 roof in Paradise Valley. And uh, he told me, I asked him, I said, hey, what's your net worth? Cause he's not a celebrity, but um, I was like, what's your net worth? And he's like, I was like, I can Google it. Or you can just tell me. So he told me, <laughs> you know, and it, it was like tw- 25 million or something like that. But it was, I mean, decent amount. And um, I was like, so I was like, what are you going to do with it when you die? He's like, oh, I'm going to spend all of it before I die. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> he has kids and everything. He's like, um, I'm sorry. Did my kids put in the 80 hours a week for 25 years? I don't think so. It was, I was dying. It was so funny. <laughs> and stra- the only, normally it's like, well, I'm going to give it to charity and I'm going to, you know, take care of my kid, generational wealth, take care of my kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. And all stuff is like, no, he's like, my goal is to spend as much of it in the next 15 years yeah. before I die as yeah. I can. And I'm like, that's freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, it's like we but, were talking about earlier, too. It's no, it's like your coaching program. Like, you know, you do it because you like, you know, giving back value to other people. Yeah. And you like helping other people be successful. Like, that's what matters most, more than money and more than anything. That's, well, because that's that's what I'm all about. Well, and that's too. what I tell people. I'm like, do I do I, I love money? I think money is a great resource, and I love it. And I want a jet. I mm-hmm. still want a jet, and it's not going to go away. I still, I one day I will own a jet, but that jet will be used for, uh, as I tell my kids, to pay our bills, um, serve others, and, um, you know, basically grow grow our wealth, continue to grow it, and like, it, the whole thing with me when it comes to money is making an impact. Mm-hmm. 
Because when you don't have any money, it is very, very hard to make a significant impact. Mm-hmm. You might be able to help some people mm-hmm. here and there, but when I can cut a check or stroke a check for anything, anywhere to help anyone in the masses, that's when like that's that's when you can really make mm-hmm. a huge impact. That's why I love Grant Cardone. His goal is to, he said, I want to reach seven seven billion people. Mm-hmm. He literally wants the entire planet to know who he is. That's awesome. And that dude, and he makes he's obviously a billionaire. His thing's like one point four, one point six right now. But like his whole goal is to help impact, and he's helped he's impact my life, mm-hmm. right? Have I also given him six figures of coaching and tickets and all that stuff? Absolutely, we'll give him another six, probably just this year, right? Right. But the fact is, like, because he went out and gave it all, he's now making an impact on me. Now, and I can help make an impact on my friends and my family and my audience. Yeah. And it's just... It, it sounds cliche, but, you know, money is a byproduct of, you know, helping other people. Whether totally. In, in any realm of society. It's, that's, that's, that's the yeah. easy part. But that's my love language, helping other people. Yeah. You know, that's what gives me the most satisfaction is, you know, doing that exactly and helping, like, a team member or someone, you know, create a life that they never even thought they could have. Like that's yeah. what it's all about. Like, right, right. That's what makes like gives me the butterflies inside. Not, oh cool. I made a hundred thousand dollars this month. Like who who cares? Like, you know, yeah. Is it cool? It's yeah. Like, what are you is, gonna, is it still a dream? It's something I'm proud of. Yes, absolutely. But yes. I mean that but the, what's the next? ladder is helping out exactly. Yeah. What's next? But just, you know, just starting off is the hardest part. You know, but mm-hmm. once you have that and you have, you know, let's call it liquid to leverage off of, that's just where you have to make smart, you know, business decisions to continue growing in a positive way sure. rather than retracting. So, um, you know, getting started and really any business, real estate, put in the work. It'll, it'll always take care of itself. It will right. always take care of itself. Love it, love it. Alrighty, guys. My name is Jason Payne. I am the host of the Sexy Business Status Podcast. Here with a good buddy of mine, Nate Knight from Knight and Associates, one of the big realtor dogs out here in the Southeast Valley in Arizona. So. Give them a, how can they follow you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram. I think my handle is Nate Knight underscore Easy Realtor. Nate Knight underscore Easy Realtor. Have, yeah, there if you anybody go. out there has any questions, you know, uh, business related, uh, how I scaled my business, how I grew. I mean, like I said before, any way I could you know, help you uh, would be a blessing to my life. So you let me know. There you go. All guys. Have a great day. Be great. See you guys. Get that motivation to not give up and not be a quitter.